It's Sunday, March 2nd, 2014. This is U62 the Targ. I need to poop. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, we take a voyage to the south side of Edmonton to catch a movie, and we bid farewell to Harold Ramis. It's episode 7.05, Beautiful Dreams. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kappas here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. How y'all doing? I'm doing fine. I don't know what to talk about on this week's show. I will admit I'm just kind of tired right now. I just got back from the city. Well, I suppose I could tell you about that. Uh, Yeah, I decided to head into the city. There's a movie that just came out that I really wanted to go see. So I'm like, dude, I am going to go see that movie. One little hitch, though. It wasn't playing at any of my usual haunts. It was playing all the way down at South Edmonton Common on the south side of Edmonton. And I was like, yeesh, I hadn't been down that way in quite some years. I wonder if I can still make it. I will admit, I found winter driving this year, especially winter driving in the city, a lot more stress-inducing this year. I can't figure out why. I think it has something to do with that deer I hit about a year ago, but just, ugh, when I'm there but on the crowded city streets, cars all around me, I'm just a little more nervous than I used to be, so ugh, I've been avoiding city driving whenever I could, but still... I really wanted to see this movie, so I knew I must make the trip to South Edmonton Common. I mean, as I said, I used to go there quite a bit back in the day. It's there on the south side of Edmonton. And back before I got my job in radio, when I was working for my parents in their oil field consulting, the lab that my parents use is right there on the south side of Edmonton. Plus also, you know, uh, quite a few radio stations are on the south side of Edmonton as well. So I'd have a whole day planned out. You know, I'd drop off the samples at the lab. I would go to some of the radio stations, drop off my latest resume and demo. Then I'd hit South Edmonton Common, go see a movie. So I talked myself into it pretty quickly. It was just trying to remember how to get there. But I got there, and right away I was confused. Because, uh, yeah, I was doing the math on the drive-in. It ha- must have been at least eight or nine years since I was last at South Edmonton Common to see a movie. And, wow, has that place grown. Uh, South Edmonton Common, for those who don't know their Edmonton geography, is what they call a power center. Power Center, that's when you have about four or five big box retailers all right next to each other, along with several dozen strip malls with various other kinds of shops. They have become synonymous with urban sprawl. And South Edmonton Common was Edmonton's first, biggest, and best known. And man, oh man, it's just a mess. You know, get... I found the common quite all right, but then as soon as I got in there, suddenly you're in this maze of big box stores and strip malls, and I got all turned around. Took me a while before I actually found the theater, but yeah, 
eight or nine years ago, last time I was there, I remember I was there early enough that nothing was open yet. And the theater just sat there like this great big cathedral of movies in a huge field. It was beautiful. But you go there these days, yeah, it's just one of a dozen other big boxes and it has lost some of its charm. But I remember when uh, the South Edmonton Common Movie Theater first opened, what, about 10 or 15 years ago. It really made a splash in Edmonton because it was one of the first movie theaters in Edmonton that had a lot of the more modern accoutrements for movie theaters. It had the stadium seating, it had the curved screens, it had reclining seats. Those are in pretty much every movie theater these days, but when South Edmonton Common came to Edmonton, it was the first. So yeah, you're probably asking yourself now, what movie did Mark see? What movie was so important that Mark had to make this journey? Well, we'll get into that after Katy Perry on the card. I heard you feeling nothing's going right. Why don't you let me stop by? The clock is ticking, running out of time. So we should party all night. So cover your eyes, I have a surprise.
why I do believe there's some sexual innuendo in that song. That's Katy Perry with Birthday here on U62 The Targ. Mark Kappa still here with you. Now, when last we were speaking, I said I made it all the way down to Edmonton's South Edmonton Common to catch a movie. What movie was so important that I had to go all that way? I went to see The Wind Rises. Uh, It's anime, for those who don't know. The Wind Rises is purportedly the final film from renowned Japanese director Hayao Miyazaki. You know, he's the guy who did My Neighbor Totoro, he did Kiki's Delivery Service, he did Spirited Away, which won the Best Animated Film Oscar. He is a living legend in animation. And as I said, The Wind Rises is supposedly his final film. He made it and he's like, yep, after this one, I'm retiring. I'm done. And everybody went, yeah, you said that before, dude. And he's like, you know what? I think I mean it this time. Something in my heart says this is it. So I had to go see The Wind Rises. Ever since I got back from Japan, that was around the same time that Disney signed the big distribution deal with Studio Ghibli, uh, Miyazaki's studio. So I made it the point to try and get out to every Studio Ghibli film when it gets a wide release, you know. And if you've never seen a Studio Ghibli film on the big screen, go see The Wind Rises just because. Because if you think it's good watching it on a computer monitor or your TV or however you pirate it, Dude, you got to see it on the big screen because it is just gorgeous when it's bigger than life. But anyway, The Wind Rises. Miyazaki said it's his uh, most realistic film to date. Miyazaki has always been fascinated with aviation, hence the big flying machines that are in all of his movies. But uh, this one, it's a biography of a real guy. Uh, This real guy, his name is Jiro. I forget his last name. Uh, But he was Japan's most renowned aircraft designer. At the dawn of the 20th century, he built airplanes that put Japan on the map in the field of aviation. But of course, the film has been with its controversies because Jiro's most famous creation is the Mitsubishi Zero, which was the deadliest and most technologically advanced jet fighter. No, not a jet fighter, a fighter plane during World War II. As soon as I said Mitsubishi Zero, you knew what I was talking about. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. but they kind of address that in the film. You know, he's talking with a buddy of his who's also an aircraft designer at the same company. And he's like, people don't understand. We're not building weapons of war. We just want to make good airplanes. And in fact, when he first proposes the Mitsubishi Zero, he's like, you know, it would fly a lot better if we took the guns off and they laugh at him. So, but no. Going back to the film, I'm still trying to find the words to describe it. Because it is Miyazaki's most realistic film, it also kind of comes across as his most dreamlike. Because it is very slow. It is very deliberate. It is very decompressed storytelling, I believe the term is. It really takes its time getting where it's going. And... Just, But if you stick with it, you know, the end is still a bit of a gut punch. It's a bit of a tragic ending. I mean, the guy built the most technologically advanced airplane for the losing side in World War II. So you imagine how things end up for him. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's just good. 
Uh, some complaints. Um, I did see the dubbed version. Uh, Disney did release it subtitled. So if the subtitled version is playing in your town, I suggest you go see that. Uh, for the dubbed version, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does the voice of Jiro. And that was probably another part of my problem, too, because he did seem kind of sleepy for most of it. So, yeah, sleepy voice acting is one of those things I just kind of can't forgive when it comes to animation. So, yeah, The Wind Rises kind of rambling both the film and my review here. Uh, but you know what? It is very good. Just, you know, because it lacked the fantastical elements of his other films, it's it's a bit of a tougher slog, but if you stick with it, you will be rewarded. I give it a solid three out of four nibs. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, Qatar. Go out now, hit the lake by noon You bring the drinks, I crank the tunes Get some hot sun Cheap other girls couldn't get no hotter Flag them down, holler, won't you follow There's a party floating on the water It's going down right now Come on, jump on The booze groove, summer groove I want to see your booty move Looks like you need another So let me mix you up a Some of that good stuff Till dawn, it's on Joe got drunk and fell in the lake Ray passed out but make no mistake Any minute now he'll wake and bake Burn it up, turn it up Come on, jump on The booze cruise, summer groove I wanna see your booty move So many hotties Who wants to do a body shot off Straight bikini We call that a hillbilly martini All aboard, we're cutting loose So come on, jump on With a Jaeger bomb, done lost her mind, done lost her top. Walk around looking for one flip flop. Goodness, she's a hot mess. And Donna's daughter, she's sweet 16. He's madder than hell. She was last seen jumping on the back of some boy's jet ski. That girl done flew the coop. Goodbye. No telling what you'll lose on the booze cruise. What kind of liquor makes y'all touch your mood? Y'all let me mix you up the red. Blackjack Billy, the booze cruise on U62, the tar. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is here with you. 
uh, yeah, another one of those shows where I'm not sure what to talk about. So I may as well talk about the big nerd news that happened this past week. Of course, as I'm sure you've heard by now, Harold Ramis passed away at the age of 69. Uh, Harold Ramis, of course, a comedy giant for his on-screen camera work will probably be forever remembered as Dr. Egon Spengler in the Ghostbusters movies. He was uh, quite a big tour de force behind the scenes too. Uh, he co-wrote such classic comedies as the aforementioned Ghostbusters, Animal House, uh, Caddyshack. As a director, he did the first National Lampoon's Vacation. Groundhog's Day is considered to be his magnum opus. Uh, just lots of great films that guy directed too. And, you know, I was looking at all the tributes and I started thinking, you know what? It's been a hell of a long time since I've seen Stripes. He was in Stripes, the classic film where he and Bill Murray joined the army and just kind of stick it to the establishment. That was a movie I saw an awful lot when I was a kid, and I should really see it. Because when I was looking at the clips online, I'm starting to think that because I saw Stripes and Harold Ramis so often in my childhood, it affected my job in the real world. So when I was teaching English in Japan... As part of the lesson structure, we had to start each thing with a warm-up, you know, get our Japanese students into an English frame of mind. One thing that I would frequently do for warm-ups is I would make my students sing. You know, teach them a little row, row, row your boat and just get it echoing throughout the halls of our school. So I'm thinking, well, that's fun, that's cool. But where did I ever get that idea to make my English students sing? So then I was watching clips of Stripes online. The film starts with Harold Ramis' character in his job before he joins the army, and he's teaching English to a bunch of non-native speakers, a bunch of recent immigrants to the USA. And what is he doing to teach them English? He's making them sing. So I'm wondering if something about that stuck in my head, and that's how Harold Ramis affected my job. Yeah, man, oh man, Stripes. I really got to see that again because I'm probably old enough now to get all the jokes. You know, I watch a movie like Spaceballs or The First Police Academy, and I'm like, wow, there's an awful lot of bare boobs in this movie. There's an awful lot of dick jokes that were over my head when I was seven years old. So I'm guessing Stripes is another one of those movies where I'll be like, wow, I suddenly get all the jokes about blowjobs. Ah, goes back to a conversation I've had with several of my friends. Because I'm not big into horror movies, a lot of my friends are under the belief that I had a very conservative upbringing and R-rated movies were banned in my household. That is not the case. I saw tons of R-rated movies when I was growing up, but the R-rated movies I saw were films like Slapshot, Porky's, Stripes, Comedies with lots of titties and lots of swearing. Those are the R-rated movies I grew up with. I remember the last time I shared that story with a friend, he looked at me and said, Wow, do you think that screwed you up more or less? More. Definitely more. And I think that's a good note to end this on. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Tar I'll see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Tar. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.